Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, TuneIn, and Stitcher. You can also listen on your smart device. All you have to do is say, Alexa, or Hey Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's CorvetteTodayPodcast.com. Also, sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at CorvetteToday.ck.page. And don't forget, there's a Corvette Today Facebook group, too. We have over 1,300 members, and I'd love to have you as a member, too. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Hendrick is the largest seller of Corvettes in the Kansas City area, and they ship nationwide. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. 913-384-1550. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. It's time to get the latest Corvette news and headlines with my buddy, Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. As you know, Keith is a regular guest every other week, and I'll keep you up on everything that's going on in the world of Corvette. Keith, we got a lot to get to today. We have a stop sale because of a brake sensor issue, and just a few cars were affected. So tell everybody exactly what's going on. What's the backstory with the stop sale? Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy week. We hear these terms, stop sale, recall. They sound real scary to Corvette owners, and we should take them seriously, but not everything is doom and gloom. So last week, we heard that there was a stop sale order, and it was over a contamination of a brake sensor. As more news came out, of course, this happened on, I think, late Thursday. So then the weekend comes and no one really knows. But there was a list of VINs that was sent to the dealers. This brake contamination issue actually stretched across five or six vehicle lines from Buick, Cadillac, and Chevrolet. So the Corvette definitely wasn't alone in this, and it's not a Corvette-specific problem. But it turns out that there was only a thousand and so cars total that were on this list and roughly 38 or 39 Corvettes was the number that we've heard. The other thing about this is that we had from a source tell us that the affected VINs for these Corvettes that might have a brake sensor contamination issue were all in the 3000s. So probably cars that were built late May, early June were the ones that were affected. That was right after the COVID-19 restart of the plant. So it just sounds to me like something happened during shutdown. They got a bad batch of parts and now they're trying to rectify it. Well, it sounds good. At least there was a small group of cars that were affected. Hopefully that'll be easily rectified as well. And we had a new TSB, a technical service bulletin on the C8 engine valve springs. What's up with that? Yeah, okay. This one's much more serious. It could affect a lot more Corvettes based on what we've been reading about. Again, a bad batch of valve springs that were spread across GM's V8 lineup. So think 
Camaro, Corvette, Silverado, even their express van, all we were using these bad batch of valve springs. So what will happen is all of a sudden you'll hear misfiring. You might hear some other weird noises coming from it. You might not have the same performance. If that happens, you want to stop driving. You want to contact your dealer. The valve springs, what they'll do is they'll just replace them. They'll do some double checking on cylinder leakage and some other things like that. But yeah, this one's a big deal because the affected time period was June 1st through September 15th, which I think by our calculations is somewhere around 5,000 cars or so. Wow. That could be affected. It's not all are affected. It could be affected. So there's actually what you want to do on this one is you definitely want to check your recalls. Go to your Chevrolet app, mychevrolet.com, or you want to go to my.gm.com forward slash recalls put your VIN in there and you can see if you're one of the cars that's affected by this. Okay, that sounds good. And our last thing is a recall on the driver's side safety belt. What's going on? What's the backstory on that one? Gosh, you know, when it rains, it pours, right? Yes. Again, this is just another supplier issue. All three of these are supplier issues. This is not a knock against the Corvette engineering or anything like that. It's just we've gotten some bad parts here, and this is the third one. In an accident, the driver's side seatbelt retentioner was found to be deformed when they took it apart. The seatbelt supplier thinks that this is more spread out, so they're going to be doing some recalls there. Again, you want to do the recall check on that. I don't know how widespread it is. I haven't heard any numbers on this one yet either. Okay. We've used a couple terms here, Keith, that people might not be familiar with. We've talked about a stop sale and we talked about a recall. Why don't you explain the differences between the two? Oh, sure. So the recall is for consumers. So the manufacturer is notifying the consumer saying, hey, we've identified an issue with your car and we're going to fix it for you. The stop sales are communications from the manufacturer to the dealer. So Chevy or GM telling dealers, hey, we're going to be issuing a recall. So your customers are going to be notified. However, it's like an advanced warning. They have to do a stop sale because if they've identified issues with anything that will require a recall, they are required by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to stop selling any cars immediately. So that's the stop sale. Again, it's just a warning from the manufacturer to the dealer saying, hey, this is coming. Okay. All right. We've gotten all the quote unquote bad news out of the way. Let's get to some of the fun stuff in our news and headlines. Chevrolet has added a Zora logo to the windshield of the C8. It was really cool in pictures. Talk about that and explain where it is. It's a really cool Easter egg for Corvette fans. If you remember back in April of 2019, it was the very first time that Chevrolet talked about the C8 Corvette. And that was, of course, when Corvette engineer Tad Schuchter took Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, for a drive in New York City. Right. And on that car was a camouflage car anyways, but hidden on the car were these little Zora heads, a picture of Zora Arcus Duntop, the very first Corvette chief engineer and the inspiration for the mid-engine Corvette. These little stickers, GM also used them to only allow people in secure areas as they were developing the car. You couldn't get into certain areas unless you had that Zora head sticker. So it was an identification that the team used as well internally. So we were all real excited when the 2020 was released. I know a lot of people were looking for, is there going to be an Easter egg here? Is there going to be the Zora head? Eventually, we found it on a sticker in the door jam that says proudly made in America. But now it looks like they took it further and they made it much more visible. So on the windshields of Corvettes, and these are later VINs. We got this news from our friends at Kerbeck in Atlantic City, and it shows the Zora head on the left-hand side of the windshield, the bottom left-hand side. 
maybe an inch tall or so, but you're going to be riding with Zora whenever you take out your 2020 Corvette. That was so cool. It was great to see that. Now, you're going to have to explain this next one to me because I have no idea what this is. The C8 won third place in the Kogut Made in America Auto Index. I've never heard of this, so I'm going to be a good listener just like everybody else that tunes into the podcast. Sure. So the Kogut School of Business is located at Washington American University. Every year, there's a professor there that puts together a list of what he calls his Made in America Index. And it's a list of vehicles that contain the most American-made components, and they're ranked. But it's a little bit different. There's another study that's out there that's a little bit different the way Koga does it, is that they also look at the manufacturers and then like employees and then headquarters. So for this year, the C8 Corvette is actually number three on the list. I believe in 2019, we were first on the list with the C7 Corvette. Wow. But we did slide down a little bit. Number one was the Ford Ranger. Okay. And then number two was actually the automatic version of the Chevy Camaro. Huh. And then the Corvette slots three, just one point down or so. If you look at the content of the C8, we've got a lot more electronics in the car. Right. For an example, I talked about the manufacturing. Our interiors are manufactured by an Italian company in Michigan. But because they're an Italian company with an Italian headquarters, we might not get the full points that an American manufacturer of American interiors might get. So that's how it's all kind of put together. But it really does help you decide which cars are mostly American-made components. The Corvette's always done well anyways. That's true. Well, I've heard of these guys. The C8 ranked second in the U.S. News and World Report Best Convertibles for 2020. That was pretty exciting. You know, these are always fun lists for Corvette owners because it's like validation for it. Yes. Oh, if U.S. News and World Report, they love the new Corvette. They talked about it. You know, it was one of the top cars for the summertime. I think we only lost out to the 2020 Porsche Boxster. Ugh. The funny thing on this for Corvette owners is if you were to go to that page and look at it, and it talks all about the 2020 Corvette, the photo that they used on their site is actually a lime green 2014 Corvette convertible. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Lime rock green, yeah. Oh, my god. So it's like they got the car wrong, but the description was still a fun read. At least one out of the two is right, and it's still a Corvette on there, even though it's a 2014 Lime rock green convertible. Exactly. Like I said, it's nice validation for the owners, but in the grand scheme of things, these things don't mean a whole lot. At the end of the day, we'll still take it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and the last thing, the first C8 convertibles are arriving in the Great White North. Canada is starting to get their convertibles. I think the convertibles are going to do really well in Canada. It's cold up there, obviously, throughout the year. Many Canadians didn't buy the C7s because they had the canvas tops on it. Right. But now that you've got that hard top there, you have beautiful weather during the summertime. So I think the convertibles are actually going to be doing pretty well up there. We got this news from our friend Morgan Crosby, who's a Chevy rep at a dealer up there in London, Ontario, I believe. Nice. So he's been able to document some of the cars that come through. I think it was a rapid blue convertible that he ended up taking a look at. That's excellent. Well, let's take a quick break, Keith. And when we come back, we'll talk about racing and rumors with news and headlines with Corvette. You're listening to Corvette Today. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. 
Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary blue door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That blue door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me today is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. We've got news and headlines every other week to keep you up to date on what's going on with Corvette. In the second segment, we're going to talk about racing and some of the rumors going on about Corvette. Keith, the first one is last Sunday, Corvette Racing had a big win at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, fantastic win for the Corvette Racing Boys. The number three car, Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia, they had won the pole position. Jordan had won pole that morning, and then they raced the, in the afternoon, and they went wire to wire to finish in first place. This was kind of an interesting race. The Porsche team had to pull out maybe a few days before. Prior to mid-Ohio was the Le Mans race over in France, and although some of these guys didn't drive over there, they were over there. And some of the team members over there did test positive for COVID. Wow. There was a, basically a lockdown on Porsche racing worldwide for the most part. The two Porsches couldn't be at mid-Ohio, so it was just the Corvettes racing the BMWs, which unfortunately could be a preview of what we're looking at next year. Porsche team said they're not coming back to IMSA next year. Oh, no. But we did finish first and second in that event. Seems like the C8Rs are really finding their legs right now. The BMWs were technically supposed to be a little bit faster, but I think the track layout at Mid-Ohio kind of negated their overall top speed that was available to them. I think the Corvettes are doing really well. What's interesting is next week they're headed to Charlotte, where they're going to be for the first time on the Roval. They have the high banks of Charlotte, and then they use an infield track as well. Okay. This race will only be 100 minutes. It's going to be just a sprint from beginning to the end, and should be a lot of fun to watch. Wow, that'll be interesting for sure. I want to watch that. Yeah. Also, GM has announced that Mark Stylo is going to replace Mark Kent at the helm of the Internal Racing and Motorsports Division. What does that all mean for Corvette? Mark Kent's been there forever. I've met him a few times, a very good guy. GM has shifted him over to their defense manufacturing, so he's going to be heading up GM defense projects. And so they brought in Mark Stylo to a new position at what they call GM Racing, and his title is going to be the Director of Motorsports Competition Engineering. I don't really know Mark Kent's background if he was an engineer, but Mark Stylo definitely is an engineer, and we race to make our streetcars better. Doug Feehan talks about cascade engineering. Streetcar makes a better race car, which in turn makes a better streetcar. Right. So I think they're really looking at technology transfer. Mark Stalo, his background, I believe, is he was the Jim Marrow of Camaro. So he was the ride handling engineer for Camaros. He does have that engineering background, knows the cars very well. I think he's going to be a really good addition to the GM racing team. The other thing I found about Mark is 
he's very well known for his restoration of 1969 Camaros. Oh, He's not just a guy that walks the walk. He's got his own shop and he's turning out cars. Should be a good addition to GM Racing with Mark Stylo at the helm there. He's got dirt under his fingernails and that's a good thing for Corvette, I think. I think so. Yes, sir. <laughs> also, the C8, the LT2 engines, is that going to be in any other GM cars, by the way? You know, we've talked about this. Our guy, Alex Summers, actually wrote a nice blog post about this. The engines are really similar in a lot of ways, but they're vastly different in their packaging. The LT1s, the biggest problem with the front engine cars is that you had to have a really low profile because that nose sticks way out. So you had to make sure that the hood was low. And to do that, it was all about the packaging of the engine, making it as compact as possible. Right. With the LT2, you don't really have those concerns. It's in the back of the car. There's plenty of space available there. So they were able to rework some of these components and the add-ons so that the packaging wasn't as important. So we see increases, like it has a bigger airbox. The catalytic converters are different. The exhaust profile's different. They're not so constrained by making sure people can see over the hump. So it's doubtful, I think, that the LT2 will go into any other Chevy or GM projects, but you never know. And it could be the basis for another engine later. But again, it's the packaging that's the reason why. So I don't think we'll see it as a great engine or being in any other cars. Hey, also, I saw a really cool commercial for Mobile One. It had a really nice tribute to Corvette Racing at Le Mans in there. It was really neat. Now, it was really strange trying to watch the 24 Hours of Le Mans this year without the Corvettes. Yes. I tried. I was there. I, I tuned in for a few hours here and there. Just did not hold my attention all that well. I think our friends at Mobile One also were feeling the loss of the Corvettes not being at Le Mans. So they did this little tribute video. This was the first Le Mans we've missed in 20 years. Right. Consecutive races we've had over there. So, you know, it was a pretty big deal. So they went back and looked at some of those huge wins that we had first with the C5, then the C6, and then the C7. Nice little tribute from our friends at Mobile One. Of course, they're a technical partner with Corvette Racing. All the engines are filled with Mobile One. All our streetcars are filled with Mobile One. Again, a nice tribute from them, recognizing that the 24 Hours Le Mans just wasn't the same this year. You're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, Doug Feehan had talked about that in the Corvette Today podcast from last week, and he really missed not going to Le Mans. But boy, it's a gargantuan undertaking to get everybody there, get all the equipment, get the cars there, and come back. Plus, with all the IMSA racing, it was difficult because you had to quarantine for a couple weeks because of this pandemic. So next year, God willing, we'll be back at Le Mans, and everything will go good. Keith, let's take another break real quick. Coming up on the third segment of Corvette Today, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette. You're listening to the podcast, Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website, with classified ads starting at just $25, and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit vetfinders.com the internet's destination for buying and selling corvettes that's v-e-t-t-e finders.com you're listening to the corvette today podcast with steve garrett Thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We're talking with Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com about the latest news and headlines in the world of Corvette. In segment number three, we're going to talk about some of the lighter stuff in Corvette. First of all, Keith, there is something out on the market now that I just saw at the Beijing Auto Show. It's called the Songsan SS Dolphin. Now, this looks like a C1 Corvette, but it has a one and a half liter turbo hybrid in it. What is up with that? 
Well, Steve, just when you think that the Chinese auto market couldn't get any weirder, along comes basically a knockoff of the 1958 Corvette. I want to be generous. I want to say these are car people. They recognize the history and the iconic looks of the car. You want people to kind of take that and then make their own car. Essentially, they took a lot of the technology that they're working on in current cars and then applied it to a car that looks very much like a 1958. So is it a copycat? Is it a tribute? I don't really know the motives of these people, but the car that they had do art that Going very much looks like a 1958. The dual headlights, the teeth on the grill, the chrome spears on the back, the wraparound exhaust with the wraparound chrome bumpers with the exhaust sticking out the back. The cars are not proportional. And if you look at the side view, it's actually quite not good looking at all. They've managed to put a hybrid interior or a hybrid motor system in here. It goes zero to 60 in 4.9 seconds. And I think it has a range of almost 350 miles. Well, at least the Chinese are recognizing that the Corvette is very iconic and maybe they want something like that, but kind of on their own. Maybe it's a good thing. Like I said, I can't say if it's a copycat or a tribute. I just know when I first saw it, I'm like, that is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too, my friend. There is that too. Uh-huh. That is wrong. <laughs> Coming up later in the month, October 15th through the 17th, if you go down to the Mecham Auction in Dallas, there is a collection of low-mileage pace cars for Corvette. That's a really cool deal. I'd love to go down to Dallas. Yeah, I always think about collectors that concentrate on certain cars, and there are definitely those that love the pace cars. I wonder if they were just were lucky to go to an Indianapolis 500 race when they were young, and it always stuck with them. Right. But yeah, there's some really nice-looking mile cars. I think no pace car collection is complete without the first one, the 1978 Indy 500 replica in that black and silver. Yes. But then you got the most wild one ever done, which was the 98 with the purple and the yellow wheels. Right. Very low miles on these cars. Looks like the collector really took care to make sure that they were protected. And what happens when collectors decide to sell? Sometimes you can put together a nice little sideshow at an auction. So Meekum's real good at this. They'll have collections and they'll feature them. So there's six different pace cars. All five of them are from the Indy 500. And then there's a six car that was used at Daytona for a Daytona race. Oh. But for people that love pace cars and want some of that history, I think a couple of the cars were actually used at the track as track cars, as we like to call festival cars. It's a nice piece of memorabilia. And at the end of the day, they're all for sale. So that's really, really cool. I like the people that put together these collections. And I think of all the time that they spent finding the cars and just the right one to bring in. And so this one's a good one. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of very, very cool, and this is kind of random, the original seats from the Motorama Corvette back in 1953 are for sale. You can buy them. This one kind of just, again, sprung up out of nowhere. They're for sale by a guy listed as an NCRS top flight person, and he claims that these are from the original prototype. So we know that Kerbeck has one of the original prototypes. Apparently, there was five of them done. Three of them were used for testing and engineering purposes, and then two of them were used on the show circuit. These seats are supposedly from one of the very first car. So what had happened was they had these cars as a prototype, and then when they started doing the actual production of the 53s, they went back to the prototypes, took out some of that pre-production material like seats and put in the regular production seats. These original seats were supposedly discarded. Somebody grabbed them and saved them. Huh. They're beat up. They look like hell. But yet they're supposedly from that very first prototype that ended up being the 1953 Corvette. Wow. So they were on for sale for $90,000. And I do see that they are taking offers. So you can make an offer on them. 
there's some questionality about are these the original ones? There are some pictures that show that they could be. Again, you know, you just want to do your due diligence if you decide you're going to add these to your man cave. Boy, that's for sure. Hey, Hennessy has a C8, and they raced a Rolls-Royce Wraith. That was a pretty cool video. You know, you got to give it to Hennessy. They'll put a car against another car, and it doesn't matter what it is. We've seen they have an in-house C8. The only modifications that car has had is it has their custom exhaust on it. Oh, for the most part, everything else is stock. And they put that car up against everything. A C7Z06, that Jeep Trackhawk, the 700 horsepower engine, a Huracan. And of course, you know, I think somebody just brought by a Rolls Royce and said, hey, let's take it out to the track and see what it can do. <laughs> and if you just saw that car driving around by itself, there's nothing really next to it that would allow you to judge it. But you put that Corvette next to it. And you can see that, man, it's a big car. And even though it's got, I think, a V12 in it, it was no match for the Corvette. No kidding. That's awesome. Hey, and finally, Motor Week did a modern-day review of the 1963 split-window Corvette. That was fun to watch. You know, Steve, we grew up on Motor Week. We didn't have the luxury of all these automotive shows on 24-7 when we were growing up. It was always Sunday mornings. It'd be on some PBS station or Saturday mornings on a PBS station that Motor Week would come on. Yes, they have a new video out this week. It shows a Riverside Red 1963 Stingray Coupe testing and driving through nice countrysides. And they're talking about the various engines that were available from the 327 and then the fuel injection motors. They just kind of went through some of the engineering and the mystique of the car, broke it down very nicely. For people that might not know a lot about these 63s, it was a nice way to get educated on it. That was really cool. And that's with the Corvette that got me into the brand itself. So I actually watched that multiple times. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice drive. And again, we're so used to these modern day reviews that when you see a modern day review of a classic car, it's definitely worth watching. And the, the Motor Week people, they do it well. They do it right, for sure. Keith, thanks for being on Corvette today. We will see you in two weeks. We'll get more news and headlines. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks for having us. And thanks once again to our flagship sponsors, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City at Chevy USA com and midenginecorvetteforum.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at Steve Garrett DJ. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.